0: turn to two people and tell them it's almost here it's almost here Izzy it's almost here you know what Christmas is almost here we're not going to wait for Christmas to celebrate what God wants to do in this place today are we we're not God is just amazing I but hey before I get into it let me ask a show of hands because Christmas is Wednesday right so who is all done with yeah who's all done with your shopping raise your hand lot of you! Oh, God, i so proud of you. Who's still got some things to pick up? Yeah, yeah, me too. That's where in the boat I am, man. Who hasn't started? Huh? Yeah, there we are. We want to pray for you after the service, okay? Is that cool? So, yeah. So, my name is Monty, and I'm really excited that you're here. If this is your first time, I'm going to say it again. Welcome home. You picked a great weekend. We're in a series that we started last week called God With Us. Say God with us. God is with you, and I want you to know that. And this series is showing us that. So check this out. If you missed last week, we, we, we looked at that God is with us in valleys. Some of you are in a valley, and you know it. And God brought you here today because he has a word for you. We learned last week that he's not only not only with us in the valley, but we learned to depend on him in the valley. Like, we enjoy God in the meadows, don't we? We do, I do. But we learn to depend on him in the valley. And this whole series that was a lot of spit right there. Wow. Did you see that? Can you guys see that? From, okay. That was, I'm sorry, Casey. That, that was aiming for you. So, um, so this whole series stems on Matthew 123. Let me show it to you. By the way, Matthew is what we're going to be preaching on Christmas Eve at Nebraska Christian College here at Tuesday night. I cannot wait. It is going to be a, ser- a sermon, a service like we've never done before. And, uh, it's going to be life-changing. So I hope you can join us. And, um, but Matthew 123, this is where this series God with us was birthed from. It says, "Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is with us." Last week I shared with you in the valley, God is with us. Today we're going to learn that God is with us in the storm. Say storm. See storms and valleys are different. Valleys can be more long-standing. They can be kind of constant. You want to get out of it, but you're in it for a while. Storms, they can come out of nowhere. Like you don't see them coming. You ever been in a storm? Like one that's really freaked you out? Four years ago, my daughter Ava and I, she's probably 10 years old, and we're driving in my manly car, my 2010 Ford Focus. And uh, so, um, you're jealous, aren't you? So, yeah. So, I'm in my Ford Focus, and Ava's in the back, and we're in Sioux Falls driving home. Torrential downpour just starts out of nowhere. I mean, I've never seen it rain that hard in my life. I had a mentor, and he used to say, Gannon, it's raining like a cow peeing on a flat rock. He didn't use peeing, he said a different term, but this is PG-13, so we're going to keep it at that. Um, he wasn't really a godly mentor either, maybe you'd know that. But he, it was raining like 10,000 cows. It was raining unbelievably hard. So much so that it would be called a flash flood. And we were in this flash flood, and Abel was freaking out big time because the water was literally up to the door of the car. So we're driving through a lake. Kind of, you know, so we're driving we're trying to get to higher ground. And as we're driving, and I'm trying to be the calm one because Ava's out of control. And I'm like, okay, just just if you're calm, she'll be calm. If you say it's good, she'll know it's good. She's like, Dad, is it good? Are we good? I'm like, Ava, it's good. You know, we the car's not floating away. We're good. It's not too bad. But it wasn't that good because... It, very shortly after I said that, the 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 water was rising so high that it was up on the hood or coming over the hood now. So now I'm now I'm actually freaking out. I can't hide it anymore. And he was like, "Dad, are we good?" I'm like, Ava, we're going under, okay? Get ready, it's over. So she starts freaking out, and I kid you not, this is, because when you start freaking out, you start getting delirious, you start seeing things, right? So Ava, in the the water's coming up over the hood of the 2010 Ford Focus, and Ava's in the back saying, oh my gosh, dad, oh my gosh, dad. And all of a sudden Ava says, dad, shark! And I'm like, what, a shark? Okay, I'm not, I'm what? Literally floating right next to us, it wasn't Jaws, it was my bumper. So my bumper of my car was ripped off my car because of the water current. So I ripped my bumper completely off. Ava and I made it through. I know you're all worried about that. I'm here. She made it through. We still get counseling for that day, but we made it. So through the storm, that storm came out of nowhere. We didn't see it coming. That's why we got caught in it. What storm are you in? If you're not in one, you probably maybe have one coming. But some of you, you're in one. And you know what it is. It could be a storm that hit you out of nowhere. It might not even be an event or, or, or a circumstance. It could be a person, right? You ever been, you ever dated somebody who's like a category five hurricane? Okay. If you're sitting next to them, don't point to them. Okay. I'm just saying, don't do it. But sometimes someone, they just come out of nowhere, right? They just come out of nowhere, turn your life upside down, make your heart skip a beat and change your life forever. We call these people cops, Casey. Seriously. They come out of nowhere. Like I got picked up the other, anyway. So, um, you guys understand this storms on a serious note, they can look a lot like depression. They can look like divorce they can look like tragedy, they can look like addiction, they can look like a relationship that was there, it's not there anymore. These storms in our life that come out of nowhere. The disciples one time, they got hit with a storm out of nowhere. Let me, let me set it up for you. Um, well, you can go to Mark 4 as I set it up. If you brought a Bible or a mobile app, I love when you bring your Bible, and, uh, but I'll put it up on the screen as well. But in Mark 4, Jesus, has, has on, he's on the scene, he's been baptized, and he's been doing a lot of teaching. So what Jesus has been doing is he's been talking to people on the shore. He's been teaching in parables, which is stories that people can understand. And he's given these brilliant, life-changing teachings. But it was time to take the teachings and put them into practice. So Jesus, check this out, this is what happens. In Mark 4, verse 35... After he was done with these parable teachings, it says this evening came, Jesus says to the disciples, let's cross to the other side. Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although a few boats followed, soon, say soon, out of nowhere, a fierce storm comes up, which by the way, on the Sea of Galilee, which they were on, would happen probably frequently, it was a unique sea. It wasn't that big. 13 miles long by 7 miles wide. 150 feet deep, so it was really deep. But here's the thing about the Sea of Galilee that you may not know. The shoreline was way below sea level. Like 680 feet below sea level. So because of the d- dynamics of the Sea of Galilee, storms would often come out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, they're there. That's what happened on this day. So, so they're in the boat. And it, at verse 38 kills me. Jesus, okay, they're in a storm. Jesus sleeping on the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Make yourself comfortable, Jesus. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, teacher, don't you care? We're gonna drown. We're gonna drown. Don't you care, Jesus? Jesus woke up. No big deal to Jesus. Rebuke the wind, rebuke the waves. Of course, Mother Nature listened, because it's Jesus. Silence, he said. Be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. And then he turned to the disciples, and don't miss this. Why are you so, oh, excuse me. Why are you afraid, he said. Do you still have no faith? The disciples were in awe. They'd seen Jesus teach some amazing things, but they'd never seen anything like this. Who is this man, they said. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. This was life-changing for the disciples. And what was amazing about this story is, we tend to think, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, we tend to think that there's going to be less storms once you follow Jesus. I would contend the opposite. Okay, I would. I don't know why, that. sometimes we think, well, first of all, did Jesus know they were going into a storm when he said, let's, let's get in the boat? Yes, it's Jesus. He knew they were going into a storm. So why would he do that? They were in the will of God in the storm. We need to start understanding something. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you're seeking Jesus, you're gonna find storms. Okay, it comes with the territory. But we tend to think sometimes that if we're in a storm, we must be screwing something up or doing something wrong. That could be the case. But a lot of times, if you're facing turbulence or you're facing a struggle, you might be chasing your purpose in the right way too. Right? Right? What's amazing about this whole day and this setup is, like I told you, Jesus was doing a lot of teaching up to this point. Jesus, the parables were coming left and right, but Jesus wanted them to take the parables and start to put it into practice. It was time. You've heard a lot about faith, boys and girls. Now it's time to take our faith and put it into action. So he says, let's get in the boat. There comes a time when we have to start taking what we learned on the sermon and apply it to our situation. Okay? I'm just saying they're they're, uh, For me and for you, especially in our storms. So that's what they're doing, and it blows me away. Can you picture it, Casey? Throw me the, throw me my cushion. Jesus had a cushion just like this. I bet it looked just like this, in fact. So Jesus has a cushion, and a cushion is a decorative pillow. Now some of you gals are gonna get tense because you don't touch decorative pillows. You don't lay your head on them. That's for show only, right? But I tell my, I tell Jody all the time. Listen, if Jesus lays his head on a decorative pillow, I can lay my head on a decorative pillow. So I'm going to. So. But picture Jesus. And this is the scene. And Jesus is comfy in the boat. Remember, the, the, the waves have swelled up. The storm is brewing. The clouds are dark. And Jesus kicking back on the back of the boat. And the disciples are freaking out. And one of the disciples, I'll pick on Peter. Let's pretend it was Peter because we like to give him a lot of crap. And Peter says, Hey, Jesus, it's horrible out there. What are you doing? Don't you care? We're going to drown. And Jesus, I wonder if Jesus said something like, why do you think we're going to drown? Like, like who told you that? Did I say we're going to drown? Like, I know it's bad out there, but did I say that? In fact, Peter, what did I say in verse 35? Put up verse 35, will you? What did I say? Even before you start freaking out, didn't I say that we're going to cross to the other side of the lake? Now, if I said, Peter and others, that we're going to cross to the other side of the lake, we're going to cross. Okay? I didn't say it was going to be easy. I didn't say there wasn't going to be wind or waves. I didn't say it was going to be smooth sailing. But I did say we're going to cross. All right, Peter? So get out of here and turn the fan on because I like to sleep with the white noise, okay? So now, if you like to sleep with a fan, that just means you love Jesus. Praise God. So I do too. So uh, (laughs) I just, but think about that. Jesus, why is he so relaxed? Why is he sleeping like that? I, I think to myself, and I share this, that they were in the storm in the will of God. Think about that. They're in the will of God and they're in the storm. They were safer in the storm with Jesus than they would have been on the shoreline without him. Isn't that nuts? See, we understand something. You're going to face barriers in your life before you ever experience a breakthrough. You ever Okay, But the tidal waves that you're facing, like they were facing, is a training ground to take you to where God wants you to go. This is, bring on the storm. Bring on the storm. So the main point, oh my gosh, if you're taking notes, write it down. Here we go. Don't let the storm, don't let the storm around you cause you to doubt the God who's with you. Don't let the storm around you cause you to doubt the God who is with you. This is so key that you catch this. They're in the will of God in the storm. We, storms come up, and you know what we like to do? We'll blame the devil. Oh, the devil's screwing with me again. Devil's messing with my finances. My, I'm, a, I'm in debt. Devil's messing with my checkbook. Devil ain't messing with your checkbook. You know what? I've seen the Amazon Prime driver at your house more than you've been at your house. That's the problem. He's got like a bedroom there. So ain't the devil. You You crazy. You know, well, my relationships, I go from one messed up guy to the next. Oh, the devil. It ain't the devil. Your mama told you not to date him. Your best friend told you not to date him. Your pastor told you not to date him. The fortune cookie told you not to date him. But you said he's got potential. He's got, you, there's a lot of guys in their parents' basement today who have potential, okay? Don't date potential. Date purpose. And if purpose has a lot of money, that helps. Okay, so. I'll take it. So. God, it's got potential. Wow, what storm are you in? Is it it finance? Christmas can be tense. Christmas, we want to make people happy. We want them to have that perfect best gift, and we'll go in debt doing it. Is it a relationship? Is it a divorce that you're on the brink of? Is it addiction that nobody else knows about? What struggle are you in? Is it with a child? I'm never going to have a child. Some of you have thought that. And you're still thinking that. That's the storm that you're in. I'm telling you, God's with you in the storm. Depression is so huge. That's a big one for me. We'll never stop talking about that at this church. I'm telling you, the the storm of depression... God is with you in that. If you struggle with mental illness, if you struggle with depression, so does your pastor, by the way. I'm telling you, God is with you in that storm. God is with you in that storm. Don't let the storm around you cause you to doubt the God who is with you. Did you know there's another storm in the Bible, in the New Testament, uh, that's similar but different? It involved Paul. Paul's one of the greatest Christians who ever walked the earth. Dude planted a lot of the first churches, wrote most of the New Testament. Did you know that? He wasn't even one of the 12 disciples. He wasn't. But he met Jesus one day, changed him. Jesus wants to meet somebody here today and change your life if you let him. Take it from Saul, who was later known as Paul. He was changed so much, and he was so radical for Jesus that they put him in prison many times. One time, he was a prisoner, and they were taking him to Rome to stand trial before Caesar. And they're on a boat, not in the Sea of Galilee, but on the Mediterranean Sea. And a storm comes up, and this storm rages for weeks. Check this out. In Acts 27, I want to read you a couple verses. It's so key. I'll set it up first of all. There's 260, 70 people in this boat. They're freaking out. The storm's horrible. So they're throwing cargo overboard. They're ready to kill the prisoners and jump overboard because if if the prisoners get away, they'll be killed anyway. So that's what they're debating. And Paul, Paul's trying to speak reason. Number one, he don't want them to kill him. But number two, God has showed up and talked to Paul. Check this out. Acts 27, verse 23. Paul's talking to them, saying, hey, stop. Settle down. You can have peace in the storm. And this is what he says. For last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I I serve stood beside me. So Paul's like, "I, I talked to an angel. I saw an angel. This is what he said. Don't be afraid. Sounds a lot like the Christmas story, doesn't it? Did an angel come and tell Mary, hey, Mary, don't be afraid. You'll have a son, and he'll he'll save the world. Anyway, so this angel, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. You will surely make it to the other side of the sea. I know it looks like you're going to be chum. I know it looks like you're going to be shark bait. You're going to make it. Not only you, but everybody with you. That's what he says. Everybody with you is going to make it. God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. Don't let the storm around you to cause you to doubt the God or his angels who are with you. Angels. God dispatching angels on your behalf. Doesn't that sound good? I mean, that's what he did. See, angels are real. Like, do this. Put your hand out like this. Everybody just put your hand out. Okay, do this. Don't hit the person in front of you. Just do that. Yeah, you just high-fived an angel. Ah, oh, didn't that feel good? You just high-fived an angel. It's incredible. Paul tells them, don't kill yourself. Don't kill us. Don't jump overboard. An angel showed up and talked to me. That uh, Now, there's always some crazy person. Well, an angel talked to me once, too, in my closet. All right, okay. Was that, the spirit of, was that the spirit of the Lord, or was that the spirit of Lord Calvert? There's a difference, Casey, okay? You drink enough Jack Daniels, Michael Jackson will show up and talk to you, okay? I'm just saying. So <laughs> angels are real, but, you know, you anyway. So, and angels showed up. Angels are all around you, hearing your prayers, hearing you in your struggle, hearing you when you're freaking out, hearing you in your depression, hearing you when you look at someone else's social media feed, and they look like their life is all perfect and uh, proper and... Airbrushed and you look like death, right? And you're I'm sorry. So you're thinking, is there hope for me? Maybe you're thinking, My gosh, when all the other parents are taking their kids to band practice or soccer practice, I have to drive my kid to therapy. And is this fair for me? And is this right for me and the storm I'm in? I'm telling you, there's there's hope in your storm. There is hope in your storm. There is hope in your storm. What if I told you that? god's with you in the storm the angels are with you in the storm there is hope in your storm and you can even have peace in your storm what you mean once i get through the storm i'll have some peace no 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 i'm telling you today you can have peace right in that dysfunction you're in right now you can have peace it, this is a true statement it's so crazy here's the other thing i need you to just own this, this statement peace is not the absence of a storm See, we tend to think, once I'm through the storm, then the peace of God that transcends. No! You can have peace in it. Peace isn't the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. Okay? And you can always be in Jesus' presence. This is so key. Think about it. He is the Prince of Peace, right? That's one of his names. The Prince of Peace. I wonder when the Prince of Peace laid his head on that decorative pillow. Sorry, gals, but he did. Laid his head on that decorative pillow, and he took that siesta. I wonder what gave him such peace. See, the the Word of God will change your life if you let it. Jesus, the New Testament wasn't written yet. It was being lived out. But the Old Testament was. And Jesus would have known Scripture. I wonder if Jesus, as he laid down and started a dream, a little dream... If you reflected on Scripture like Psalm 4:8, because I, I looked it up and it blew me away, because it, it just paints a picture of Jesus in the boat. Psalm 4:8, "In peace, say peace. peace. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe." Jesus knew he was safe not just because he's God's son, but he knew his father and his father gives peace. You can have peace. You don't have to wait for the storm to, to pass for you to have peace. You can have it today. The Bible says it. This is so key that you catch this. Listen to me. With God by your side, with his angel armies by your side, you, there's no hurdle like you can't overcome. There's not. There's no heal that he won't, or there's no hurt that he won't heal. None. No enemy that he can't defeat. No storm that he won't see you through. Do not let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of your God. He is with you. He's with you. His angels are around you. It's real. It's true. It's so powerful. If we could see the spiritual realm, you would be amazed. You would be amazed. I wonder how grateful the disciples were after they crossed the lake, because they did eventually, that Jesus was in the boat. I wonder those those 260 or 70 plus people with Paul in that boat going to Rome, I wonder how grateful, by the way, they all made it safely to shore. Oh, the the boat wrecked, shipwrecked, but every one of them made it, just like God promised. I wonder how grateful they were that Paul spoke up and talked about what his dream, and talked about the angel. You see, if Jesus doesn't say something to change it, those disciples, well, they're dead in the water, literally. If Paul doesn't speak up and give them hope about the angels and what he heard, it's over for them too. Let me ask you a question. And know what? Instead of me asking the question, turn to two people and ask them, who's in your boat? Turn to two people. Who's in your boat? Who's in your boat? It matters who's in your boat. Big time. We're learning today God is with us. Yes, God is with us. I'm talking God works through people. Who are the people in your boat? Who are they? This is why I'm so key on life groups. So big on life groups, our small groups in church. By the way, we'll be launching our 17th life group in January. Is that awesome? So I get so excited about that because those groups, I mean, this is awesome. We gather together, but those groups, they, they get real and they get intimate and they get um into God's word and in each other's lives. It's crazy good. But they're in each other's boat. They're doing it together. Who is in your boat? Even when I wasn't walking with Jesus, Bryce, I needed people in my boat. Even when I wasn't. I'm not kidding you. There was a time, and this is, now don't, again, this is pre-Jesus. Don't judge your pastor, but I was going to the club, right? You find me in the club. Anyway, so I was going to the club, and uh, I'm in there one time, and a storm, a sto- in, this, in this bar, and a storm comes up out of nowhere, just like in the Sea of Galilee. It wasn't the wind or the waves. It was this big guy that came up to me. And you know what he said to me? He said, hey, I heard you were hitting on my girlfriend. And I was like, yeah, you got the wrong guy. I mean, as far as you know, but I, it could have been me. It could have It don't matter. We don't need details right now. I'm just telling you, the guy was accusing me and threatening my life. That's a storm. that I was, I, And I was very frightened, very scared. But I asked somebody in my boat he didn't know about. He was the guy was in the bathroom right now, but he came out of the bathroom and then he was in my boat. And it was a buddy that I went to the club with. Now, my buddy, this guy was big, but my buddy, six foot 11, Casey. See, let that be a lesson right there. This has nothing to do with the Bible, but always have somebody in your boat who's bigger than you. It's just smart, okay? That's just wisdom right there. This guy was big and he comes out and he's like, hey, what's the problem? I said, hey, this guy's asking for you to beat on him, okay? To make this happen, you know? Because I've, all of a sudden I was confident again, all of a sudden I was cocky again. It was, I wasn't the brightest guy so but my buddy, my six foot 11 friend, come out and literally saved me from a storm because it was not looking good for me. but because I had somebody in my boat that had my back and was there for me, it was okay. Now why do I share that? Jesus was in the boat with the disciples. It wasn't that, that day wasn't just about... Training them in the tidal waves. That was part of it. They needed to put their faith to action. So, Jesus is teaching the disciples about faith and how to exercise that faith, like He wants to teach you today that you can have faith in the dysfunction that you face. And that faith will change you and it'll change other people too. Do you know what? Jesus was going to cross the lake. Why? To train His disciples. That was part of it. But there was somebody on the other side of the lake that needed Him. It's always about people with Jesus, it's key. I, I, taught on, I taught on that topic a few weeks ago when we closed out a series called I Believe in God But. And this is a prequel to that message almost, you could say. But Jesus and his disciples would meet a man on the other side who was completely messed up bad. Demon possessed, mentally messed up, totally, totally sideways. And Jesus knew that he, he, he had a storm in him that they needed to help calm. That's why they were going to the other side. It was always about, Jesus always had an end goal. He always had a, he, there was always something bigger than what we thought he was doing. So Jesus goes to the other side and makes this guy well. And I thought about that and I thought about you today because at first I thought this message was about me preaching to you out of God's word about how God is with you in your storm and how if you cling to God, you're going to get through your storm. You know what he showed me on Thursday? He said, Monty, you need, they need to know that I'm with them in the storm but tell them I don't wanna just do something in them, I wanna do something through them. Jesus wanted to do something through the disciples because there was a guy on the other side that was desperate, desperate and dying. And I think about our community and I think about our people that we know, the people that have their lives all cleaned up, I know on Facebook, I get it, but I'm talking about reality here, I'm talking about real life. And the people that you know that maybe look good on the outside but are dead on the inside people that you work with, schools that your kids go to, places that you shop, grocery stores that you go to, people that you meet, friends that you know, activities that you partake in. People are hurting way more than you know. Jesus knows it. They're going through such storms and they're so desperate. And this is why Jesus came. This is what Christmas is all about. And I think to myself, So Jesus doesn't want to just do something in us today. He wants to do something through us because somebody on the other side of the lake needs us. See, what you can, let me unpack it this way. When we meet together on Sunday morning like we do right here, this is the shoreline. This is where you and I, were sitting at the feet of our king and he's teaching us from his word, his his beautiful word, and he's filling us up. But eventually, you know what Jesus says? Okay, (laughs) teaching is done. It's time to stand up and get in your boat. Oh, and by the way, you might run into a storm or two. You probably will, in fact. But on the other side, there are people that need you. Believe it with all my heart. I tell people, this isn't church. Church begins when we leave this place. That's when church begins, okay? This is us gathering together at the shore and sitting at the feet of Jesus and saying, okay, I need you, I need your word, I need your spiritual word. But but, but Jesus says, okay, you've got it. I've given it to you. It's time to get up and get in the boat. Somebody out there needs you. And I think of your situation and the storms that you're in. God wants to use your storm to help somebody else through theirs. Know that. You, maybe you survived sickness. Did you? If you did, God wants to use you to help somebody else fight theirs. Maybe it's unfaithfulness and you've gotten through that in your relationship. Now God wants to use you to help somebody else forgive in theirs. Is it that you climbed out of debt and God wants you to tell somebody else how there's hope for their financial situation? Maybe you're 178 days clean and sober and you're finding freedom in Christ and recovery and you're going to help somebody else find that same freedom. Maybe somebody invited you to Meadows Church where you got a word from God that is changing your life and God is going to use you to invite somebody to Christmas Eve and change their life. God, will you use us? Could you use us in our storm? Or do we have to get through our storm first? No, Jesus says, I'll use you right in your storm if you let me. In fact, I'll use your storm to change somebody else's life. Somebody is in desperate need of you. I love Christmas. We've never done a Christmas Eve service at Metals. This will be our first one on Tuesday. I'm literally praying, pray over the invite cards I know they're just paper and ink, but what the paper and ink represent to me, someone handed me a a piece of paper with ink on it one time. Deplorable drug addict. (laughs) I made the guy on the other side of the lake look normal. That's how messed up my life was. And they handed it actually to my wife and she told me about it. And I was so desperate and dead, sure. I bet the person, that hairdresser, that gave that to my wife when she was doing her hair that day in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, I, I bet she had no idea. I guarantee, she didn't, she didn't know I was a drug addict. She didn't know, they weren't that close. I mean, talk about whatever, about, she had no idea. I would be saved at a church 12 years ago, almost 13 now. Had no idea how messed up I was, and still him some days. Go figure. Had no idea God would raise me up to be a pastor. Are you kidding me? Tell that to my six eleven friend. He still can't believe it. He's like, "You're a pastor? <laughs> you you can't make this stuff up. Only God can do this." Oh, you, that, that she didn't have no idea. I didn't know. Have no idea we'd leave soup balls and plant some church in some other city. Those invite cards, even if you can't make it to Christmas Eve service, I literally am praying with every breath I have that you will. And it's not strangers you don't know. These are people you know. These are friends. These are family. These are people that you meet. I'm convinced of it. Don't let them go to waste. I I promise you, you don't know what that piece of paper with that ink on it will do. Your job is just to do that. That's it. That's it what God will do with that seed, what he did with the disciples. Well, he used them to change the world, by the way. I'm gonna close by saying something. Again, I didn't know this was gonna be part of the message until Friday. I thought about the storm that Paul went through going to Rome. I thought about the storm the disciples and Jesus went through going across the lake to the other side to help that man who was desperate, dead, and hurting. And I thought, man, those storms raging us all the time. But you know what I realized? For those disciples specifically in Jesus, their biggest storm they faced that day wasn't the wind or the waves. It wasn't. That wasn't the biggest enemy they faced. The biggest storm they faced that day, you know what it was? The unbelief in their hearts. I couldn't get over what Jesus, first of all, I couldn't get over what they said, don't you care about us, Jesus? Don't you care? We're gonna die. How many times, you ever cried out to God like that? I remember driving in my car, bawling down 41st Street. Dad, in my car, might as well have been. A screaming out to God, I've never been so miserable. Pray the most powerful prayer I ever prayed, ever. You wanna be an eloquent prayer? You wanna pray powerful prayers? Follow this example. I pray two words, help me. I didn't, I was done with the BS, okay? I was done trying to make up things that made it sound like I had my life together. I was a dead man. And I said, God, I have desperate need of help. You want to talk about a storm? Well, he showed, his angel showed up. In fact, that's how I describe it. I don't even remember going into rehab the first time. It was like angels picked me up and carried me, literally, the first time. Remember, storms can take a while. Miracles can be messy. The biggest storm that day wasn't the wind or the waves. It was the unbelief in their hearts. I wrote this down so I so to make sure I would say it the way I wanted to. Our greatest problems, they're not around us. They're not your circumstances. They're not your situation. Those, that's not your biggest problem. Your greatest problems aren't around you. They're in you. And they're in me. My problem wasn't drugs. My problem was this dysfunction inside of my head and my heart. They were a symptom that I would go to and go to and go to. Do you get it? The problem for the disciples, it wasn't that they feared the waves or the water. It was their unbelief, and I wrote it down. It was their unbelief that caused their fear and their fear that caused them to question whether Jesus really cared. That They questioned it. Jesus, I know that you're this amazing Messiah, but do you care if we drown and die in the water? That's what they asked him. And Jesus is like, do I care? but I kind of get it. I've asked Jesus that question. Jesus cares about you. If you hear nothing else, look up here. Jesus Christ cares about you. He loves you. He was born for you. He died for you. He went across the lake ultimately for you. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christmas is beautiful, but it's only the beginning of the picture. He needed to come, he needed to be born. He had to be human, it was part of the plan. He had to be perfect, he could never screw up. It had to be part of the plan. I'll unpack this Christmas Eve in a way that we've never preached before. I'm nervous, so pray for me, I need it. So so he he would be born, live a perfect life until he was 33 and he would die on a cross. Listen to me. Look up here. Many of you, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. I died on a cross, rose from the dead. No, no, no. Understand what I just said. The greatest miracle in history is what I'm about ready to share with you. It isn't a farce. It isn't a fairy tale. It isn't a parable. It isn't an illustration. It is real. Jesus Christ, a man who was born in a manger, would would grow up and live a sinless, spotless life to die on a cross, brutal death for you. Remember I said he cared about you? He does that much. He didn't stay dead. This is the greatest miracle in history, by the way, that three days later he would break forth. Defeat sin, defeat death. I always say, if a man can take a bloodstained cross and turn it into an empty tomb, I'm following that guy, okay? I'm just doing it. I've never seen anybody else do it. I know there's a lot of religions. I get it. But the last time I checked, Confucius is dead. Buddha is dead. Uh, Muhammad is dead dead. My king is alive. See, my king is alive. I'm going to say it you get excited. My king is alive. See, my king is alive. 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 Is your king alive? Let him hear you. He can't. You're alive. And because Jesus is alive, we have hope. So, have you sold out to the king? Have you surrendered your entire life to Jesus? That's the question. Have you? Everything, everything, this is the key. I truly believe, I'll never stop sharing this. I don't care, it was me. I believed in Jesus all my life. There's no way you can tell me i would surrendered anything to him. And I think that's the greatest thing the devil wants you to believe. You believe in Jesus, you believe in Christmas, you're good, you're good. I mean, your life doesn't look any different than anybody else. You might attend church once in a while. You might give here or there. But really, there's things that—that was me. He wants all of you. He came that you might have life and have it to the full, but He wants all your life. Will you surrender everything to Him today? That's what I'm asking. I'm asking that you would surrender everything to Him. Commit everything to the Lord. Believe in Jesus Christ, that He's God's Son. That he died on a cross and that he rose from the dead and that you if you call on his name the bible says you will be saved and that his holy spirit will come into you and it will make you new will you face storms yes but you'll never do it alone he's always with you he's in you this is the gospel it's the greatest miracle in history but i believe so many people have heard about it they just haven't surrendered to it surrender Pray with the prayer team, share your secrets. Jesus already knows everything you've done. Don't hold out on him anymore. The greatest gift you could give your king on, the, on a gift giving holiday is you, all of you. I love preaching the gospel, I love it because he changed me and, and your pastor's still so messed up but I know that he forgives me and I know that he loves me. My life is still messy. Is yours? Mine is. Miracles are hard. We, th- we want those miracle moments. We just don't want the mess that comes with it. See, miracles are messy. Some of you, you, have, you continually fall down in your walk. You continually struggle in your walk. And you feel like you're drowning. And you feel like it's over. You're shipwrecked, the wind's coming, the waves are coming, and you're done. Can I tell you something? You don't drown by falling into the water. You only drown if you stay there. Okay? God wants to raise you up. He wants to pick you up. Are they messy? Yes. Do they take time? Yes. Moses was a great man. True? Killed a guy. Murdered a guy. Would wander fo- 40 years in the desert before he would raise a staff and part the Red Sea. Joseph, in bondage and slavery, before he was given the keys to Egypt and was put in charge. David, the greatest king, would herd sheep. Commit murder and adultery and then would slay a giant and change the world. Listen to me. The God that was with every one of them is the same God that is with you today. And if he did it then, we just believe that he can do it again. Does somebody believe it? I believe you. I've sold out to the church and the king. My prayer is that you will too. Two things I am asking in the name of the lord that i believe with all my heart he wants me to ask you will you surrender everything to him will you some of you came here with no plans of doing that i know that's how i came to church surrender it all let us pray with you and for you we'll celebrate with you we'll walk with you we'll cry with you we'll never stop loving you and neither will he number two will you invite to christmas eve I just had a conversation with somebody in the Welcome Center between services and they said, yeah, we used to come Christmas and Easter. That was our thing. That's a lot of people, by the way. That's a lot of people. Why I share that is because people are very receptive. More than any other holiday than Christmas and Easter. So, so, so what I, what I want to share with you is this. This is what I want you to, 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 to picture this year. In 2019, this is your last shot. That's what I want you to picture. That's what I want you to believe. I don't want you to think, well, you know what? There's Easter. I want you to just pretend for a minute because it might not be pretending. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. I I want you to approach Christmas like this is it. I get one shot. Easter may not come. Christmas 2020 may not come. Next Sunday may not come. We get one shot. I wanna live with a sense of urgency that says I get one shot to love somebody enough to hand them a card and say, hey, join us. Or I can't be there, but you go. I know the church, they'll love you. Will you do that? Like it's your only shot. I always tell my team, I said, I wanna preach like it's my last shot. I wanna spit on Casey like it's the last time I can ever spit on Casey. So fun. Um, I just wanna do it because I don't know if I'll get another shot. I gotta preach the gospel every week and I have to. Because I would kick myself if I, I take one weekend off. Ah, maybe they'll just learn about it a different way. No, I may not have tomorrow with you. I don't know. One shot. God is going to do something supernatural, not just Tuesday, but today. Let me pray for you. God, I'm overwhelmed by your goodness. God, every time, I wasn't even planning on sharing any of my little drug addiction story, but every time it comes out, it just makes me almost sick in one way, and it makes me so amazingly grateful in another. I get a weird feeling in my stomach, God, knowing that, gosh, I, I, I didn't think you were that big. I didn't think you were that powerful. I remember being in my closet that day thinking, I will die this way, alone and scared. That's what I thought. I, 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 would, have, I would have bet everything on it. I will die this way. And I know that as I pray, God, there are people out there that think the situation that they're in is the way it's always gonna be. Marriage is always gonna be this way. My singleness is always gonna be this way. I'm always gonna be alone. I'm never gonna have kids. I'm always gonna be depressed. I'll always struggle with the secret addiction. I'll never break free. God, we rebuke every one of those thoughts in the name of Jesus Christ. You are a king of second chances. You are a king that overcomes. You are a king that makes all things new. God, have your way, do your thing. I pray that we will do what we're called to do now. We've sat on the shore. We've listened to a sermon. It's time that we rise up. It's time we take a step towards the water and get in the boat. It's scary, but you're with us. It's it's, it's unknown, but your angels surround us. God, as we prepare to celebrate, one of the greatest gifts will ever be given a king in a manger, God, may we do it with such an urgency to know that there are people out there that will be celebrating Christmas that they don't even, they don't know you. They don't know the gift. They don't know what you've done. And they think the storm that they're in is always the way it's gonna be. We need to tell them otherwise. We need to have urgency in us to say, you know what? There's this place I can invite you to and you're gonna hear a word. You're gonna hear a word from God through his word and it will change you. They need it. I needed it, we need it. God, will you have your way? I know I know that you will do your part. You've always done that. And you wait for us to do ours. God, may we be obedient to do whatever you're calling us to do. And we'll never stop declaring, we'll never stop shouting, we'll never stop celebrating the birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because of that, we have tremendous hope today. And because of that, will never stop shouting that the best is yet to come in jesus name i pray and we all say amen